And amen. There you go. There you go. Good morning, church. Happy Sunday. I have those tickets right here. How can we do this with our uh, 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 rumble? If one of the ushers could take this to the welcome center. Those are the tickets for the comedy. Thank you, Derek. Let's pray one more time, can we? Man. God, we thank you for all you're doing, Lord. We thank you for being you. We thank you for loving us, for your mercies that are new every morning, for your grace. Bless this, this service. Bless this day. Let the words that come out of our mouth be the words that come out of your mouth, God. Align me with your spirit, God. And may today be a day of encouragement for somebody to press on. In your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. I start off with a quote. Amen. God will allow you to go through places you don't understand just to bring you to the place where he needs you to be. Trust his plan, not your pain. Today I want to talk to you about God's favor in any kind of place you're in. What place, you, what place am I talking about? For example, where's God when you have a flat tire? There's favor in even in now. I learned, I learned in my walk, I spent a lot of time complaining to God, blaming God. But as I got maturer, I learned to stop complaining and start seeking out for his favor. Because in every situation, God is there. Amen? So let's say, changing a tire. Who likes to change a tire? And then for me, stuff never just happens. It always pours. I don't just get a little thing. I, get a, I can get a flat tire and I'm wearing all beige and I have to be somewhere, and somewhere important. So I'm on, and it's got to be the hottest day. It starts to rain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When it rains, it pours. Today I want to preach a message titled, I matter, you matter, we matter. Because I think we forget how much we matter to God in certain situations. Sometimes we don't see and feel God. Sometimes we say, God is nowhere near me right now. God, Why? God, how did this happen? Amen? But I'm here to tell you that in every situation, God is there somewhere. It just may not be in the way you want Him to be. Amen? There will be times where we will be limited. We will feel restraint. That we want to do something, we want to do so much. But for some reason, we're held back. My hope and desire today is to encourage. That all, that's all I feel like God, I don't know if it's a gift, 
But my, my, my hope and purpose, that's who I am. I love to encourage. I love to build. I love to give people hope. Can I give you hope today? About five, six months ago, I always been overweight. Let me start by saying that. But I, I try, but I love sports and I never try to let my weight get into the place of sports. So most of you know, I help coach my, my little son's baseball team. So about five, six months ago, he has one, his team has one of these practices. I come home for that practice and oh my goodness, my legs went into shot. I couldn't feel my legs, my knees in particular, one knee in particular. I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm overweight. It shouldn't be a shock, right? Two weeks pass, and I'm, I'm feeling an enormous amount of pain in my knee. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not just because I shocked my knee. So I go to the doctor. I don't want to say, he tells me I don't want to say anything, but because we need MRI, and so on. So for five, six months, I've been walking around and I find out I have a torn meniscus. I'm not a doctor, but meniscus is something like cartilage and mixed with a muscle. I don't know. But I have a torn meniscus and I need surgery. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't do surgery. I'm going on a vacation. I got too much. I got to help my wife with this, this Christian camp. So I get surgery. I got surgery three weeks ago, so... You haven't seen me up here. That's probably the reason why. And I tell you, it was one of the worst things I had to go through. The pain is intense. It hurts. The healing process is not easy. So after a week of being out of work and resting, I go away to this uh, Christian camp that my wife signed us up for last year. And I was debating and not to go. And I'm going to be honest. I thought I wish my wife had not signed up. It's a camp full of kids. Not that I'm kid friendly, but I like to deal with adults. I'm happy that my kids are at a teenage age where, okay, I don't have to deal with the little, no, not listening. And now I can give them the look that Pastor Phil was talking about. But when they're kids, you know, you know, a lot of testing. So anyway, so it's four hours a day, me and my wife, just by ourselves. We have 19 kids, ages from 7 to 11. My goodness. Talk about a time I needed Jesus. Talk about a, a rough time. And I just had surgery a week, a week before that. So I was limited. So many, so many times in different opportunities, there were moments where me and my wife could have been divorced in that week. <laughs> I, could, I did lose it, but so many times I could have lost it, and she lost it, and, and my, 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 my daughter could have lost it. My, my son was enjoying himself, so he wasn't going to lose it either way. But so, there was so much opportunity for the enemy to work. And I said, God, I hate feeling restricted. Yes, I like to be in control. But, but more than like to be in control, I like to feel of use. I hate to feel useless. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not lazy. I don't consider myself lazy. But I'm always on the go. I like to do everything as quickly as possible so I can lay down and do nothing. Right? That, that's my mentality. 
I was restrained. And I said, God, and my wife was trying to look for somebody to take my place. But I, I could see the look on her face and how she was, she was having trouble dealing with it. Because I'm her husband. What better person that she needed to support her than me, right? So I started looking and said, God, 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 I, I need you. Miraculous heal me right now. Just heal me for this week. Long story short, I got through it. But I started, but it was a test for me. So I started to, 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 to ask God. And, and God, I started to see me, not as I see me, but to see me as God sees me. Amen? And we, and, and I just think as Christians, we are not, we naturally put restrictions on ourselves. More restrictions than we were restricted, already restricted. Amen? What do I mean? There's certain things we're not going to be able to do. There's some people that they want to go back to school, but they're restricted and they put more restrictions on them saying, I, I can't do it. Easy does it. I'm not going back to school for the people that want me to go back to school. That's not for me. Just saying. But there are people that are called to go back to school and they feel they can't do it. And they don't even know if they try, unless they try. Amen? So God brought me to this psalm right here, and I'm going to just quickly sh just share, because it's, it, it's, it's hard to find God's favor when we don't feel it and see it. But you're never going to see or feel it if you don't know how God sees you. Because if you understand how God sees you, there is power in that. You could go through so much more boldly if you understood the love that God has for you. So I came across Psalm 139. It's a popular psalm. And it's written by David. And I love it because it's, it's a prayer that David's saying, but David's describing how God sees David. And I believe this is the way God wants, sees us. But we just don't believe it at times. So imagine you're in your worst situation. Can I speak this psalm over you? I want to speak this prophetically. This is not no funny. This is not, I know I'm trying to be funny, but this, is, this can be prophetically prophetic in your life. Especially if you have trouble loving yourself. Let me pause on that one. Too many Christians struggle with their biggest enemy is themselves. The biggest, it's not Satan, it's not the devil, it's not, most of the time it's ourselves. Our upbringing. Oh, my mother said I'm stupid, so I guess I'm stupid. Listen, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to the kingdom. You matter to church. You matter to the leadership. You matter. You matter. Look in the mirror and keep on telling yourself, I matter. Your kids matter. Your testimony matters. Don't ever say, I don't got a testimony. What are you talking about? You're breathing. You're walking. You are a testimony. <laughs> Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hand me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, God. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I matter. I am not a mistake. You are not a mistake. I don't care what your parents said that you are a mistake, maybe. I don't know who spoke negativity in your life, but I'm declaring that God says you are more than a conqueror. Look for his favor. Just because you're going through something, just because you may be far away from God, Somewhere there, God is there. Just look for him. Let me give one more example. I've been, a, I've been at the same job for 16 years. But for 14 years of those years, it was one of those jobs that I wasn't making much. And 14 years, I twice I had to find a second job at work evenings. And it was 14 years, my wife, two separate times, had to find a second, sometimes a third job on top of ministry. And we still weren't making it. Still wasn't making it much. I would blame God. I would get mad at God. I said, God, 14 years, what's going on, God? I've been, I went through so many job interviews within the company, outside the company, Promising positions, promising jobs, and for no reason, I can't get it. The interview would go well, they would tell me, wow, man, it looks good for you. And somehow I would get no response of why I didn't get hired. I started to stop looking at the pay. And I started to see, wow, I don't get paid much, but I got a great boss. I got a Christian boss who at any given time if I say I need to pray, she'll pray with me. She'll pray for me. She was a Bible believer. She is a Bible believing woman of God. I have a boss who will allow me, your, your, your son, your daughter sick, go. Don't worry about it. I, will have, I have a great, I had a great medical coverage. Four surgeries paid for. My kid 
had surgery, paid for. Both of them had multiple services all paid for. Anybody see God's favor in that? See, I was looking for the paycheck. I was looking for the blessing that I thought I needed. But see, I failed to see the favor that God had on, on me. The protection. Thank God I had a job. And I was making something. Something is always better than nothing. Amen? When I started to see that, out of nowhere, there was a position that was given to me. When I say given to me, I didn't seek out for it. It came to me. And basically it was what I was doing already, just some more stuff. But my pay went up substantially. I lost my medical, so I had to go on my wife's medical. But what, what I was seeking for for all the 14 years, I got a substantial pay. Amen? Reward? Anybody want to say reward? Anyone, anyone want to say God is good? See, we only say God is good in the good. I wasn't saying God is good when I was broke. Amen? I wasn't saying God is good when I was single and miserable. But when I was... I couldn't even say God was good when I got married. Because I thought it would be so much better. But I was like, oh my goodness. Not, nothing on my wife. Marriage is hard. Amen? And you don't realize marriage is hard until you do it. That's why I tell for single folks, make sure you're ready being single. Because if you're not ready being single, you're not going to be ready married. I started to see that I matter to God. Start declaring and expecting God's favor. That's walking boldness right there. Start declaring. Listen to what I'm saying. Start declaring and expecting God's favor. That means I don't see God. I don't hear God. But I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus, His favor is going to come. That doesn't mean you're going to get the, the paycheck you want. doesn't mean you're going to get the job you think you need. doesn't even mean you're going to get the person you think you want. But God's favor tops all, all blessing. God's favor is the biggest blessing you can ever get. Because God's favor protects you. Amen? That, that flat tire you got, who knows? You could have been into an accident. But it was a flat tire that saved you from whatever you were going to go to. Amen? You got to start thinking like that. Because what happens when you know? We're so full with negativity. Well, woe's me. Yeah, God's not with me today. Yeah, God loves you, but I don't know if he loves me. Listen, God loves you so much. He created you exactly the way you are. It was part of his perfect plan. It is part of his perfect plan. He wanted you to look just the way you look. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share. It's no secret. I struggle with my weight. You see very little pictures of me. All the pictures you see on my Facebook are usually the ones when I lost all the weight. I don't like how I look most of the time. I don't like the way how I sound. I got a lot of hang-ups. But God is still good. I, I start to see this. I'm living, living proof. He wanted me to look like this. 
Not for me to be happy, but for me to be used. I didn't have that in my nose, but that was good. I wish I did. He wants me to look like this, not for me to be happy and be satisfied. He wants me to look like this so I can still be used, so he can be, have all the glory. Just maybe if I didn't look like this, I'll, maybe my head would just be too big. And I'd be conceited. Stop putting yourself down. That's not of God. Come against that. That self pity, that self, that self, I hate that word self. Because when you have God, there should be no self in you. But that's hard. Don't ever tell God you're worthless, that you're no good, that you can't do anything. Because what you're really saying is, God, you blew it when you made me. Listen, today God is saying, no, I didn't. I didn't blow it. I created you just the way I wanted you. You just haven't figured out yet how much I love you and what my purpose is for you. You are too clouded with yourself that you can't even see your potential. It is sad that in all my years being saved, all my years being in ministry, just now I'm starting to see my potential. So many years I would dodge PJ. Yo, don't ask me to preach. Don't ask me to preach. Don't ask me to preach. I wouldn't even talk. I talked to him about everything in ministry except for preaching. Just so he didn't say, oh, wait a minute, are you ready? But I changed lately, haven't I? I've been with you. I've been good. I said, I may not be ready, but I'll get ready. Because I'm trusting God. I'm not trusting me. If I trust me, I'm going to fail. If I trust me, I'm going to be horrible. But I'm trusting God because God loves me too much. Amen? Amen? Listen, you could be in the most impossible place. God is there. I promise you, God is there. And if you can't find God, then seek His, his favor. Challenge God. I guarantee He will meet you. It may not be in the way you want Him to. It may be because, it may be, His favor may be, I'm not going to give you what you're praying for and looking for, but I will give you perseverance. I will give you strength. I will make you more wise. I will build you up spiritually. I will, I will make you memorize some more strip, uh, scripture. I, I will make you mature spiritually. I will make you pray for others instead of always praying for yourself. I will make you serve instead of looking to be served. I will bring you to a place that you may not like, but I want you in that place. Because there is my hand. Amen? Listen, I'm going to be super duper quick because I'm about to soon close. Just to give you hope. Got that joke from someone. Today I want to talk about Joseph. Has anybody ever read the life of Joseph? Not Joseph, uh, uh, Jesus' father, uh, earthly father. Joseph. It's found in Genesis chapter 37 through 50. I am not going to read all those chapters. So take it easy. But let me, let me just skim who Joseph was. Joseph was a dreamer. He was a, inter, a dream interpreter. 
He was like a, a little Gary, a little Pastor Gary. He had, God gave him, he had dreams and they were from God and he, and he interpreted them. So he, and he was, he was the, he was the 11th son. That means he had, he had, uh, there was, he was the 12th son. And he had 11 brothers, if that makes sense. And out of all the sons, his father loved him the most. His father loved him the most. He was the only, only son that was from the father and who the father loved. So the father was like, oh, this, this is special. The brothers hated that. The brothers were jealous of him. They couldn't stand him. They hated him. So here is Joseph, 17 years old. He has two dreams, right? And basically he interprets the dreams, and the two dreams added up to that his brothers and father will, father will one day bow down to him. Obviously Joseph wasn't as wise right now, because he goes and tells the brothers and the father, I had a dream and it's saying, God says you're going to bow down to me one time, or, or, or in the future. And, and obviously the brothers can't stand him. So talking about adding fuel to the fire, right? So the brothers get together and they, they talk about how they're going to kill him. They, they hated this dude. They couldn't stand him. So all of them wanted to kill him. And they were working on how could we kill him? How could we kill him? One brother says, you know what? Let's not kill him. But let's take him and just throw him into a pit. All right. That sounds cool. They throw him into a pit. And it was one of those pits that you, he couldn't get out. It was one of the, so he was thrown by the very people that were supposed to be close to him, thrown into the pit for no reason, because he just interpreted a dream, right? So he's in the pit, so these merchants come by, and they're on their way to Egypt, so the brothers sell him to these merchants. So not only he's thrown into a pit by the people that are supposed to love him the most, they sell him as a slave. Messed up? Impossible situation, hurtful situation. So this is where I want to start reading. Is and you don't have to turn your Bibles. It's in chapter thirty-nine. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, whatever I can't pronounce, so it's all right. You guys read it. It's good. An Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Bore him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When the master saw that the Lord was with Joseph and that the Lord gave Joseph success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of the, his whole household. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Wait a minute. This guy is a slave. He was sold as a slave. But it says the Lord was with him. And, and, and it was exposed. Can you, can you, can we just, I want that to seek in. He was a slave sold by his brothers, thrown into the pit. 
And wherever he goes, God found favor. I want to be known as the guy who walks in God's favor. I don't want to be a God beggar, a blessing beggar. I want to be a favor catcher. Amen? What was meant for harm, God will use it for his good. This, this, mm, I love the quote I started off. When you are going through tough times, instead of becoming discouraged, start declaring and expecting God's favor. Amen. Verse 5. From the time he, put, he was put in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything part of the head. Both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge. See, Joseph was a slave, but he was left in charge. I, to me, that blows my mind right there. He did not concern himself with anything except for food. He ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And I say that because... Joseph was the man at this point. He was a slave, but he was in charge of everything that he was supposed to be a slave under, right? He mattered. Somebody say he mattered. You don't think he mattered to God? Look at the last thing that happens. Well, not the last thing. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph. Oh, snap. So the wife tells him, come to bed with me. But Joseph refused. He says, with me in charge, he, told her, he tells her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master was, has withheld nothing from me except you, wifey, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her and even be seen with her. So this is not one time. This, this girl was feeling Joseph, right? She was trying. So one day, he went into the house to attend his, his duties and, and, and nobody was in the household, right? All the servants was, was, was inside. So she called him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and broke out. You talk about flee? He fleed. But an impossible situation, right? Verse 13. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of her house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this is the Hebrew that has been brought to us, makes sport to us. He came here to sleep with me, but I screamed. She yelled rape, basically. When he heard her scream for help, she says, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. So, so, so she yells rape. She lies and yells rape. She kept his cloak beside her until the master came home. Then she told him this story. She said it to her husband. That Hebrew slave you brought to us, to me, to, came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed, he broke out. Verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, 
This is how your slave treated me. He burnt with anger. Joseph's master took, long story short, he threw Joseph in prison. Joseph once again finds himself in a place he didn't do absolutely nothing but was what was entrusted to him and he was thrown in jail. He was locked up. Impossible situation. God, where, that moment I won't be looking at God's favor. If I'm locked up, I'm scared out of my mind. He goes to jail. They find favor on him when he's in jail. It's in there so you can read on your own. They make him in charge of the prisoners. Free reign. Who does that? Who goes to jail and then God, they find favor in you, God's favor, and make you in charge of all the prisoners because they saw God in him. He got out, but I won't go there. Read on yourselves. I challenge you. You got no devotional time? Make that your devotional time. That's your homework. Amen? It's an amazing story. He gets out of prison and he becomes second in charge of all Egypt. Just fast forward the story. Later on, his, his, there's a famine. And everybody comes to Egypt because he's, because of his uh, dream interpretation, he, he persuaded the Pharaoh to store so everybody would come to them and they'd be ready for the famine. So God uses him in, a, in a, 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 an amazing way. So much that his father came and his brothers came and they all had to bow down to him like the dream was. Worship team, you could come up. See, I give you hope, right? Sometimes we go through stuff and we do nothing for God. I'm here to tell you, you're supposed to be doing all you can for God, even if you're in that situation. Sometimes we use our circumstances and our limitations and we hold ourselves back. Listen, I was held back in our Christian camp. I couldn't run like I wanted to. I couldn't run at all. I couldn't even walk. That's how in pain I was. I was hopping. Some of the kids call me hip-hop. Yeah, 17, 11-year-olds, you think it gets cute. That wasn't cute at the time for me. I wanted to say, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. But that was, it got me tight. I didn't look at them as cute, I'm sorry to say. I, and I do love kids, but not when you're with them four hours a day and they don't listen. And you're trying to put God into them, but they're like, whatever, I, I couldn't do it. It was like VBS all over again, but just me and my wife was doing it. Listen, let me leave you with this. Let me, let me speak this right now to you. You might feel held back right now. You may be saying, God, I, I, Mark, God, whatever, I, I'm part of this church, but... I want to do something, but I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to tell me to do. I want to do some kind of ministry. I want to, I want to be part. I don't know what could I do. Listen, there is always something for you to do. You might feel helpless because you're broke. You might still be 
dealing with the fact that you don't have a job and you're still dealing with God, God, I can't do nothing because I, I, don't, I don't even believe in you right now because I'm still at a bad place. I'm unemployed. I'm at a job where I don't like. I'm single and I hate being single. I'm broke. I can't, I can't, I can't go back. So I can't do nothing because I need money. You need money for everything. I ain't got no money. Listen, seek for God's favor. God will make a way. God will always make a way. Because you matter too much for him. He loves you too much to leave you high and dry. When your back is against the wall, we sang it this morning. His hand will come down to prevent you from falling. That's his favor. And it's going to be a hand that you don't see. It's going to be a hand that you don't feel. But when your back is against the wall, and that moment when you say, God, I don't feel you, I don't see you, but I'm going to trust you and live. See, we say, we say that. We say that God will trust you. I'll give you everything. But then we complain. So are you really trusting him? We need to say, God, I will trust you. And I'm going to live trusting you. And every time I doubt, I'm going to trust you, God. Every time I, I, unbelief creeps up, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, the, the, the mind is a battlefield, good people. If you haven't read that book, read it. Battlefield of the Minds, I think it's called. Your mind is going to mess you up if you dwell on your thoughts. Stop praying for your thoughts to be God's thoughts. Say, God, I'm too busy for you to speak to me. But then speak to me in my dreams when I finally settle. He will do it. I'll leave you with this. Ephesians 2.10 For I, for you, for we, are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared you, prepared in advance for us to do. Why are we not doing is what I want to ask you today. This is your challenge, people. Why are you not doing all that you're supposed to be doing right now? You can't use the excuse because you feel like it or because you don't feel like it. You can't use the excuse because opportunity hasn't opened up for me. Listen, seek out for opportunity. Seek out for God's opportunity. I'm a strong believer that you need to hustle no matter what you're feeling. God will reward the hustler. Amen? Amen. God will reward. You got the ghetto mentality. You need to hustle, bustle. God will reward the hustle. But if you imagine if you hustle in God's kingdom. Wow. Too quick we want to hustle. Like you had that ghetto mentality. Oh, let me hustle because that's what I know. You know. How about if you hustle in God's kingdom? Come on. How about if you hustle in ministry? Listen, how about when you see the need of we're canceling classes all the time for the kids because we don't have enough for the kids? How about you step in because you're doing nothing and help out with the kids? Listen, you're not kid-friendly. You can buy supplies for them. You, 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 there's something you can do. My wife will find something for you to do. We always lack ushers. But people say, oh, I don't like people. How do you not like people? You're a Christian. Can I get real for you for a second? Listen. At least seven people told me in the last six minutes, I can't usher because I don't like people. I don't got patience for people. 
seek out for patience then. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody, everybody wants to preach. Everybody wants to sing up here. Everybody wants a stage. Everybody wants a platform, but no one wants to clean the toilets. Right? And that's, well, I'm, listen, I'm on vacation starting Thursday, so I'm on vacation mode. So I'm going to let it out right now. This is September. We start up ministries, right? September is when we get together. We have meetings. It's like, all right, this, everybody comes back from vacation. The place gets filled up again. I'm praying for abundance in ministry. Because I'm trying to see, I'm trying, I'm, I'm tired to see my wife having a full-time job, full-time. I don't even see my wife half the time because she's here. Because there's not many people who help him. Thank God for his grace that we still have a loving marriage. Thank God I love her. And you know what? I'll give her a shout out right now. She ain't here, but this is, this is a test to see if she was listening. In my misery at the camp, my my God, but my God sighting, which is that, that's God's favor. You know how in VBS we say, look for God sighting, VBS workers. My God sighting was, I know my wife is amazing, but oh my goodness, she knew she was trying to prevent me from being cranky. I'm on, you know, the doctor gives you the medication. And the medication he gave me was Percocin. It was good medication at times. But I, I got convicted taking it and working with kids. I, I was, man, I was going through like some serious battle of the minds, I tell you. So I tried to not take it, but it, I couldn't deal with it. Then I would take it in the evenings and, and, and like sleep it off. But I was doing too much for the medicine to work. My wife was trying so hard. She was trying to do everything so I wouldn't complain. That I wouldn't. My wife is amazing. I just got to say she's amazing. Because, listen, she managed. She ran the whole class four hours a day, 7 to 11, with my cripness, hippity hop, limpy, whatever, whatever you want to call me. I'm sure Alice could come up with different names. And she still managed to stay in that, not, not, not flip out, and stay in that mode and, and, and pour out to these kids and still be a mother to my daughter and my son. That's amazing right there. I'm married to God's favor. I don't even need to seek it no more. I am married to God's favor. Listen, all hell can break loose for me, but if I go home to her, it's all worth it for me. Vacation mode, baby. No, but serious. Seriously. Seriously. Let, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. If you know me, I love music. If you, I, all kinds of music. So I will always look for a song to revive my preachings. I will always look for a song to revive a devotion. I will always... Because that's how God speaks to me. And there's a song we normally sing. And I would love for us to end in a time of worship. Oh, that's good timing. I think good, right? I would love to end off in a, in a, in a, in a worship mode. If, if you struggle with just doing, giving something, 
I gave you no excuse today. And today you want to say, God, I'll give you everything and nothing less. Because you deserve the very best, God. And I'll tell you this, you should settle for nothing or no one less but than God's best. And God's best is God's favor. Can we just close our eyes for a second? Let's close our eyes. Let's see if I can just... Let's just close your eyes. I haven't done this in a while, so this is good. Let's just close your eyes. Let's just breathe. Say, God, speak to me. Go ahead. Say that right now. Say, God, speak to me. Say, God, move in me. Because I matter. God, I want to be used because you matter. God, you, you, you didn't bring me to all I've been through in life for me not to matter in ministry. You didn't give me that testimony for me to, to give up my life and just stay stuck. Unstuck me right now. Give me a desire right now. God, just light a spiritual match underneath my buttocks. Because I want to move right now. I might be limping right now. I might be in pain right now. But I do not care. Because you're the God that heals. You're the God that protects. You're the God that provides. You're the God that just moves. So we worship you. Let's worship him.